It's the 13th of February. Welcome to Right Rules Podcast, episode number three. Well, um, tomorrow is Valentine's Day and uh, yet another money-making scam by the corporate world. Um, Interesting and some good news today. Well, first bit of good news is that um, top Hezbollah leader has been killed. Uh, always good news when that happens. Uh, the, the the more we can get rid of these people, the better. Um, Imad Mugenia, or whatever his name is, uh, has died in a bombing in Damascus. Excellent. Well done, Israel, for assassinating another scourge of the earth. Um, China suffers its first defeat at the World Trade Organization. I, I think it's time China got put in its place, actually. Um, and there's all sorts of restrictions now on the importation of foreign-made car parts that they're complaining about and the the ruling basically says China must end its policy uh, where it it pays car makers um, higher prices to use only Chinese-made parts and uh, it's, it's about time China got put in its place because China is actually causing a problem for the world and it's time we boycotted China as I think I've said before on this podcast so uh, that's it Um, the uh, other news is that still not going great in Kenya Kofi Annan is still doing um, next to nothing to help solve an unsolvable issue Uh, he should when he's finished there I think he should head down to Zimbabwe and try and do something there interesting bit of news is that India is facing uh, many deaths because of smoking apparently the um, people in India many of them smoke and apparently one million people a year will die from uh, tobacco poisoning uh, in India during the the 2010s years onwards so uh, at the moment they're um, they already got 900,000 deaths a year and I think this is typical of a country where prosperity is starting to feature uh, and and, and I would wonder how it's looking for China as well of course back to my favorite country Zimbabwe is uh, what one politician says a nation full of fear Um, this is the uh, former finance minister Simba Makoni who has launched his own presidential bid for elections that are guaranteed not to be free and fair in fact um he uh he got sacked as as um finance minister in 2002 after having an argument with uh robert mugabe uh yeah that's good old robert um but back to to china um we there's, there's still massive uh uh, problems with flooding and and with the weather and snowstorms and it's apparently it's it's equivalent of 15 billion US dollars of damage. The, uh, uh, the the Kenyan problem, apparently the Kenyan government is now angry with Kofi and then um, really expressing anger at him uh, over his comments on resolving uh, the election dispute because he hinted that both sides had agreed on a transitional government for two years uh, after which presidential elections will be held but of course the the local politicians in Kenya are not happy with anything that doesn't suit them so typically Africa and of course uh, 
Kofi Annan is the chief uh, mediator. Well, he doesn't really have a great record of doing anything uh, worthwhile. Uh, personally, I think he's about as much use as a handbrake in a canoe. Um, we have some some recurring news on the the, the cartoon catastrophe uh, that the the Danish <coughs> uh, cartoons have now been reprinted and um, several of the, the caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad and, and obviously uh, who knows what's going to happen now, it will probably spark protests again. Um, I find it interesting that uh, a religion can be so uh, prone to criticism and so weak against criticism. I, I must say I thought um, uh, pe the people who believe in Islam wouldn't be so uh, worried about uh, people criticizing their belief system obviously can't be that solid if uh, if they're so scared of um, of criticism um, the interesting news that uh, India's uh, tattoo company is backing an air-powered car unfortunately the car will only be sold in uh, India uh, so that's not really going to help the rest of the world but a it might uh, happen in the rest of the world at some point. Uh, it looks to be that the the designer of the car uh, will only allow the car to be sold in places where they can use they can they use their own raw materials to to actually power the car. Uh, I think it's all to do with uh, saving the planet. And of course one of my favorite subjects is evolution uh, or evolution as some people call it which I'll be covering in a, in a later podcast uh, and uh, casting aspersions on some of the beliefs held by evolutionists like uh, Richard Dawkins and many people in the world, particularly in the West, because the West is so clever and the West have moved on from a, a concept of a God and religion. They've, um, they've graduated from that. Uh, and uh, they've left all the stupid people behind, uh, it, it would seem. And uh, so that that's what's going to be coming in a podcast, and that that's going to be a very detailed podcast on that particular subject, a subject that I have personally done much research on. And I'll also be uh, taking apart someone's argument for evolution and against creation uh, and that, that's going to be an interesting one in, in its own right. So uh, I encourage you to to listen. Now, um, if you've been following the news lately, you will have noticed something interesting in the news that um, Barack Obama Obama has um, looks like he might actually uh, be doing quite okay in the the U.S. presidential race uh, to be the Democratic nominee and then of course you get the the other democratic nominee Hillary Clinton and the problem with these two politicians is that they are both Democrats and this is a subject that I'm going to be covering in this particular podcast uh, the problem with the West and unfortunately the problem with the West starts in the most powerful nation of the West and that's in the United States now, let's talk initially about the Democrats in the USA. I will start off my 
talk on saying that the Democrats in the USA are wrong. They're not wrong about just a few things. They're wrong about everything. Now, I know that there are some of you who may disagree with that, but the fact is, it's true. It, it really is true. I will go so far as to say that I am right, and that any person who purports to love his or her country cannot possibly be a Democrat or a liberal. Because you, th those two are diametrically opposed. It's not an and situation, it's an or situation. Democrat or love your country, not Democrat and love your country. Liberal or love your country, uh, you get the picture. So you, you may say to me, well, how can I be so sure? And, 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 and you may be wondering how someone like myself can hold that view and hold that view so categorically. Well, this is how it, how it really works. A person who loves their country is a patriot, and a patriot cannot possibly subscribe to left-wing liberalist policies and ideals, simply because those evils are great at only one thing, and that's doing long-term damage to one's own country. It's actually all very simple, and, and what is rather worrying, though, is that people show signs of intelligence, yet consider themselves Democrats. Now, I will give credit where it's due. They, they are some reasonably intelligent Democrats, reasonably intelligent, and it, it is a shame that, that an oxymoron like that is, is allowed to exist, uh, i.e. an intelligent Democrat or intelligent liberal. Now, sadly, the, the situation is very real and very true in America that many people are, uh, are Democrats, and unfortunately many, many people in the West are liberals. And I suppose it's possible then, and, and, and that is proof alone, that intelligent people uh, are easily misguided and deluded. Uh, the fact that, that some Democrats are intelligent and some liberals are, in, are intelligent is proof of this odd phenomenon. Ironically, in the West, the situation is allowed. And we, we allow it. We, we, we who are people who are lovers of freedom, liberty and justice, we actually allow other people to hold those views. We, we, we even place a value on people having different views uh, from our own. And we're, we're happy that it keeps the balance. Bizarrely enough, but I, I should even say predictably enough, that these, uh, these same Democrats uh, hold the views of others, more specifically views like my own, in contempt, and would, would deprive me of, of that same freedom of speech, thought and expression if they had half a chance. In, in the same vein, they, they typically hold murderers such as Robert Mugabe, Saddam Hussein and, and the like in, in, in esteem, utmost esteem. And one has to wonder what makes these people tick. What, what makes a Democrat tick or a, a multicultural liberal lefty tick? The reason why I ask that question is because they, they exhibit signs of being self-hating yet at the same time self-deluded and it's, it's a very very bad situation to be in now my 
my question is why are they like that and I'm afraid to a large degree that that question needs to remain rhetorical because it is simply too mysterious to even warrant an attempt at an answer but but at some point I'm going to try so all I can say right now at this point is can you imagine an America run by Hillary, Hillary Clinton or Obama Barack Obama it's I don't want to think about it because the initially it may seem like everything's hunky-dory everything's good the problem will come in at some point when the tide will turn on on the nation who who holds those views and a nation who who values extreme liberalism now when I say extreme liberalism what I really mean is the cultural left I don't mean people who stand for and believe in the classic definition of liberalism which is is largely a, a political orientation that favors progress and reform uh, or, or, or refer, refers to a broader array of, of related doctrines ideologies philosophical views and political traditions which which hold that an individual liberty is the prime political value no I'm talking about the cultural left and I can I can only really sum it up in this way in in all the Cold War years uh, and and the Vietnam War and countless other skirmishes the West has had with other nations and cultures none has been as destructive and self-inflicting than that of the scourge of liberalism this disease and by implication its supporters and adherents are directly and indirectly responsible for literally all of the world's ills now I know that may sound a tad far-fetched but if you go into some closer investigation you will see it soon becomes plainly clear that this observation is indeed frighteningly correct take for example the current wave of knife and gun crime in Britain in the so-called gun-free society in 2007 around 30 teenagers were brutally murdered in London alone this is a, a country that prides itself on um, like, like Tony Blair said uh, uh, something about the, the, the causes of crime and, and, and he had all these wonderful mantras about how his party is going to solve it and based on those murders you you have to ask yourself whether that is a fine example of liberalist utopia where everyone loves everyone and and I think not and I'm left with with one one uh, conundrum if I can put it that way and and our battle to explain it and that is liberals are either just plain stupid ignorant or dumb because they are totally incognizant of the ramifications of their dumb ideas and actions for example a liberal and these are typically most times people in their late 50s onwards who generally would would sit in their in their Surrey mansions in their leafy suburbs watching left-wing BBC drivel about the apparent plight of some other obscure country in Africa rampaged by carnage and slaughter and that's through no other reason than uncivilized tribalism 
and all that goes with it. Now these pious half-wits look at this and they take it on themselves to decide that it's better for these savages to come and live in the West in order for us to teach them our values of democracy and the rule of law. Yes, I know this does sound ludicrous, but sadly it's true. This is very true. Liberals possess, liberals, sorry, possess an unusually loud voice and wield an extremely disproportionate amount of influence relative to their numbers. In fact, they and their ilk are despairingly in the minority. It may not seem uh, to you that, that they are, but they are actually hugely in the, in the minority. The majority, often referred to as the silent masses, don't hold the same views as these liberals, nor ascribe to their value system if the word value could be assimilated in any way with liberalism, but instead, the majority believe the opposite. And I associate myself with those people. And so, so we, us as non-liberals, believe that criminals should be punished according to their crimes. We believe that a murderer, a child rapist and the like must be given the death penalty. And the courts should be allowed to mete out such punishment and the courts and the justice system's hands must not be tied. We also believe that able-bodied people should do an honest day's work and not lie around claiming benefits like a few people I know personally. We believe that an effective and controlled immigration policy should effectively be enforced, not just spoken about by one Labour politician after the other and one Liberal after the other. We believe that discipline must be enforced by parents by schools and ultimately by the state and that it must be based on common sense not a result of some left-wing liberalist ill-thought-out chatter by the elite which happens so often and we are reaping the the ramifications we're stuck with the ramifications of years of liberalism in Britain today a major blunder on the part of the British government particularly the Labour government under Tony Blair now Gordon Brown has been immigration again this has been heavily influenced and manipulated by liberals consider this we take pity on a family from say Bangladesh and we allow the father mother and the six kids into Britain the nanny state then provides them with a house paid for of course by the hard-working UK taxpayer in a nice suburb the new family lie low at first and mind their own business and be like immigrants should be, just get on with it. But very soon they realize that their host nation and its population are not only inex inexplicably tolerant but also in an advanced stage of self-denial and self-hate, or at least it appears that way. And this is once again a result of years of liberalist propaganda and press manipulation. In short, the British society at large is spinning ever faster in a circle of self-assassination. And it's not easy, it's not difficult to just look in your papers and look what people are being charged with in the courts these days. We're a society on its head. Now being masters at exploiting weakness in people and government, these people start demanding that their rights and values be respected. In what must be almost mind-blowing astonishment, the peace-loving and law-abiding people of the UK and the West in general concede to these aliens in a state of 
almost total surrender and capitulation. This is the stage that things actually start to go very wrong. Beginning with the immigrant culture being held as not only equal to that of British culture, but as something to avoid offending at all costs. Unless you, you've got to be so careful about um, offending the sensitivities of these people, lest the words racist and intolerant are leveled at you, and you are the the perpetrator in all of this. You are you are the aggressor, not the not the victim. The fact that your country is being raped and pillaged by these people seems to be somehow irrelevant. And any hint of being associated with such evils are such are a sure death knell to the career, credibility and most times both of any person even so much as accused of one of these uh, heinous crimes, quote unquote. Additionally, the press themselves have all but abandoned any sense of value and sense of national pride or identification with the UK. Not all of them, but most of them. This in favour of having that coveted eye-catching story. The story itself seems to become the issue. That the story itself may not be necessarily based on fact, in actually many times fabricated is is really quickly dismissed. It's the story, irrespective of the facts, that the press want. They want to sell newspapers. That is what they worry about. And it's it's capitalism at the cost of your own country. It's greed. Now, getting back to, to our little Bangladeshi family of, of eight or more, they, they're starting to feel ever so emboldened by the, the sheer terror of the host nation. And these beguilers go one step further and start arranging marriages between their, their residents in the UK and the locals in their home countries. And one after the other, the marriages, which are always arranged, are followed by further immigration. Having an exponential effect, the community that was once host to a single immigrant family now has what is called in Britain, when attempting to hide the true facts, a quote-unquote sizable minority. The next all-too-predictable stage happens when British people start moving out of their neighbourhoods. This normally is coupled to falling property prices. Now one could be forgiven for thinking that the people moving out are just plain intolerant and racist, something of course the liberal liberalist left-wing press will go at great lengths to try and point out. The real truth is that the sizable minority, along with their religion, values and behaviour, starts to impinge and infringe on that of the majority. Resulting from years of intellectual bludgeoning by the left-wing liberal media, the weary, honest and tolerant people decide it's just so much easier to move away rather than fight against the status quo. Initially these exits are barely noticed, just like the fabric of our society is being eroded bit by bit today. So too is the effect of this trickle of people leaving the once quaint neighbourhood. Soon enough, with a combination of lower prices and clear change in demographics, that once quaint suburb turns rapidly into a crime-ridden quagmire. 
sure you've seen it before. What was once a lovely peaceful neighborhood is now a volatile and angry territory. It's new population seething at the intolerance and distrust of the host nation. The transition at this point is normally all but complete. The next victim is only two miles down the road, a town with a different name, but a very similar suburb. In this podcast, I'm not going to delve into why we are as tolerant as we are as a society versus those immigrating to our lands. Neither will I be trying to understand that fact, the fact that were some of us to emigrate, say, to Bangladesh and attempt to do the same there as they do here, why it would not quite have the same outcome. We'll save these issues for another time. My call to people in Britain and in the UK, people who value living in the UK and want to see it not stay as it is, not continue on the slippery slope that it's on right now, but to revert back to old style values and morals, is to see this problem for what it really is. If it means being called a racist to preserve our country and to preserve the West for our children and their children, then let it be so. I urge you, the listener, to take some time, do yourself a favor, and read Enoch Powell's speech, Rivers of Blood, and then decide for yourself what you want to believe. Britain is on the verge of possibly a very, very important general election. It can't come soon enough, and in that election we're going to be given our chance to change things for the better. The time is at hand. When you get that chance to vote, use it wisely. To liberals, I say to you, you are ultimately responsible for the situation our beloved England and UK is in today. And I guarantee you and warn you that you will pay. Because when all is said and done, we, the people of freedom, justice and liberty, when we have corrected the results of your evil, we will then concentrate on you. We will hunt you down and deal with you accordingly. Today I'm going to do away with a technology session. That podcast was quite difficult to deliver, but I had to deliver it. I had to say what needed to be said. With that, I trust you will enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.